You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk? Yes? Get out. I was swallowing some beverage. Get out. Get out of what? Get out. I think probably I won't. <laughs> Get out. Yes. Um, what is... Uh, you, have you got rid of your cold? Is there going to be any coughing? There will be coughing. They I, won't hear it. You'll cut it out, but... I caught your cold, so... It wasn't we... a cold. I had strep throat and bronchitis. I had a cold. I know you like to categorize everything with a runny nose as a cold, but that's not it. I had a cold. You don't know what you had? You just were getting kind of sick, and now you're getting over it. And now I'm getting over it. We're, we we get self-diagnosed because we don't ever know what It sucks being... A, I would say it sucks <laughs> being... Um, like having a cold, one that really wipes you out, like mm-hmm. mine did and yours did. Um, at this time of year, it's when better we could when have been it's riding our bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I, I was looking, oh, like at the end of last week, I was like, oh, I really like to go on bike. But no, and I've got no energy. I couldn't even no do it. No energy, plus yeah. just like, oh, you get like five feet and have to cough and weird. But yeah, I'll still be coughing a bit and sound a bit off, but uh, it's mostly clearing up, except for this horrible pain in my right side. Which I think is just from coughing too much, probably. You sound, strain something. Yeah, you probably. It's very painful. You probably uh, dislodged your internal organs. Maybe yeah. I maybe don't have a, a lot of internal organs left. Maybe your liver is like. Everything I've looked up, pain on right side. It's like gallbladder. I'm like, check. Oh. Don't have that appendix. Whoop. Don't have that. Could be something like a ovary. Nope. Don't have those. Could be something <laughs> with your female. Nope. Don't have any of that. So there's not a lot of things left in there. Liver, kidney. Uh, My bet would be strained because when you cough, it's really harsh to your body. And if you cough a lot, like for a yeah. week, Ugh. hard, it's been a lot. Then you're gonna strain something. I'm you, sure I mean, people are riveted by this conversation. <laughs> I mean, you gotta strain something, right? If you are, uh... yeah, so, it can't be good for your guts because it's like a, I don't know, it's like a shot of air compression every time, and you tighten up everything every time you cough, and if you. You can't even calculate how many times you've coughed over the course of a sickness. So we'll see if that wears off over the next few days. All right. So this is the weekend of Saturday, May the 20th. This is after that the show. That was not the before the after the show discussion, by the way. It just cropped up in conversation. That was, di- that was discussion before we, we start the show. So that's no, what it was. It wasn't. Uh, so this is um, after the show number 480. The movie we're looking at this week, Get Out. Get Out. And it's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday. You can pick it up May the 23rd from our friends at Universal. It's rated R for uh, bloody violence, apparently. And uh, you'll give us the quick synopsis of the movie, Get Out. Are we going to discuss spoilers? Well, this is a synopsis, so you can't spoil in a synopsis. Well, you kind of can. Well, think of a synopsis like what what I told you. I'm not good at a synopsis, so. Are we going to do spoilers? Not in the synopsis. (laughs) Well, then you do it. All right. It's a uh, horror movie about a African-American man and a Caucasian girlfriend going to meet the parents. And shit happens. Man, your synopsis sucks, but whatever. Okay. It wasn't, Let's uh, move it wasn't on. spoilery, though, was it? All right, kind so of, yeah. 
I think that whole... That was the actual synopsis. I know, but the racial thing is the spoiler. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's what the synopsis said. I understand. A synopsis, you have to... Then from now on, you can just read the synopsis off the box. All right, I will do that from now on. In fact, I'll write it on the outline. That'll be better. Do it. And then you don't have to think of a synopsis. So... It won't be as funny, but go go ahead. (laughs) It's all you. All right, so your... What did you think of the movie Get Out? I enjoyed it. The end. I mean, I don't know. Some movies, when I like it a lot, there's not a lot to say, unfortunately. There's a lot to say about this movie, No, I there's think. a lot to say about the movie. When I enjoy a movie, I don't have a lot to say because I want other people to Yeah, test we're going to do spoilers on this movie, so go and see this movie. Definitely. Uh, it's out now on streaming, or go and get it on Tuesday on Blu-ray, and then come back and listen to what we have to say. If we if we talked about it vaguely, it wouldn't be... Yeah. The, the stuff is the interesting part, what what is revealed. Yeah. So, um... This and movie... I just don't end up... When I really enjoy a movie, there's so much about it. Every scene, everything has gripped me, interested me. I've been like, oh, 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 that character's interesting and weird. And, oh, that was well done. And it's just full of things to talk about. And if you talk about it all, you've basically told the whole movie. Right. So, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Please go away. Come back. Then press play again. Or if you're a weirdo, you don't care about spoilers. No, or if you don't care and you're never going to see this movie, you might <laughs> yeah. want to know what we have to say. So, uh, Get Out, um, it starts... Um, the first thing I noticed, I made some mental notes about this movie, was the relationship between the um, interracial couple was quite real, natural, kind of. It felt like it felt like they were just talking to each other instead of reading lines of acted um, script. Um, Which should I, should not be the standard no. that you expect, anyway. So I instantly liked them both, too. It, it felt like a real relationship. There was some fun, you know, there were funny things between them. And when they were driving, you know, it starts off like a lot of horror movies do. They're driving in the car on the way to the, where, where the events are. To the horror. Are. Yeah. <laughs> and like another movie we saw, which I'm going to recommend this week, called The Invitation, they hit something on the way to the... Uh, on the way to the... Uh, True. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, well, immediately I was like, oh, we're doing yeah. this again? And um, that starts the un- unnerved feeling of the... Because it all feels quite unsinister until that point, And then it starts to feel a bit more, oh, there's something funny here. Now, what I really liked about this movie um, is there is no guessing what is going to happen. It's not that type of movie. There are, there's nothing, it's not like there's a mystery going to happen and you've already figured it out in your head because you'll never figure this one out in your head. Not specifically, but I disagree that you won't figure out where it's going because I did pretty quickly, just not the specifics. The very, the specifics that it comes down to, there's no way you're guessing that. So you've, you've not guessed that. You've guessed, oh, there's something sinister happening here. Mm -hmm. Um, From the very first. Yeah, well. Weird look from one of the helping people up, you know. Yeah, it doesn't try and hide. In fact, it's very upfront with weirdness. <laughs> you, get to, you get to the 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 couple get to the parents' house, and the parents seem okay. They come out and they welcome them and they hug them. And but you've you've seen this weird camera shot of the ground of the groundskeeper guy. Like it's just a sinister looking shot. Yep. So that gives you some and some music. And you're instantly like, oh, yeah. Ugh. So. And then, you know, very, very quickly, 
it is revealed that the mother does hypnosis, like she's a psychiatrist, hypnotherapist, that kind. And then you start seeing people who might seem like they're in a bit of a trance. And that's where I started going, oh, okay, so she's hypnotizing. Yeah, they're not trying to hide it. No, they're not trying to hide it. So it's not trying to be clever. Like, it's it's immediately, it's almost to throw you off, really. It's just to, to make go, you go, is it? Nah, it can't be that. Yeah, it can't be that. It's almost that. It's like a double take thing. It's like, hmm, so the mother's hypnotizing the people to work for them? What, so what? you might think, oh, well, I figured it out. And, well, that's partially you true. figured something out. But that is true. Right. So, yes, you can figure it out. That's what I'm but saying. But there's no not figuring that out. It's literally, like, laid on a plate for you, isn't it, that part? Right, that's why I'm saying, like, it's not super mystery. The end result here is... This weird shit's going down where this lady and this family have some strange hold over these individuals who happen to be African-American and they are kind of their servants and kind of go from there. And um, there's also, an, before the opening scene that I talked about, there's a another scene that reminded me of It Follows quite a bit. The scene from It Follows right at the very beginning where she's in the neighborhood. Well, this scene, it takes place in the neighborhood. She? Yeah, and it follows. There's a the very opening scene of it follows when yeah. she's in the neighborhood and something happens. It's a bit more graphic and gruesome. But in this movie, there's a man wandering a neighborhood. Yeah. And he... I remind me more of Halloween, the original, than... Right, gets taken. An African-American man wandering a neighborhood. A white Spoiler. people... A white people neighborhood gets taken. We don't know if it's a white people he's, neighborhood. He keeps saying... He says he something about these cracker asses around here. He says that. Charming. So, so it's quite off the bat. It's quite racially you know, charge this movie. And that is one of the strengths of the movie, I think, because I don't think you see. People are scared of tackling race issues in movies, unless it's a really serious movie, like a JFK. Or a really wacky Not movie. JFK. Um, you know, uh, Spike Lee's JFK. But what is it called, Spike Lee's movie? Malcolm X? Malcolm X. Unless it's something like that where it's serious and a, a, a real thing. People are kind of a bit frightened of tackling race, it seems, in movies. And this movie really goes at it. Like, it, 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 it's very pointed towards race. And it's quite clear, like, when we've seen interviews with the director, he has that kind of point of view about, I said to you earlier, um, about the, interracial couple go and visit in the mom and dad. Now, the black guy, the guy in the relationship, was saying to her, it's going to be a bit weird, like, your mom and dad, I'm just going to be like... The I'll thi- be prepared to be... Like, he even said, I'll be get run off by a shotgun or something. Yeah. So and, that's built into... And she's like, no, that, you know, my dad voted for Barack Obama, they're not like that. But even her saying that... Yeah, even saying that is... Is like the racist crazy. thing to say. Yeah. Which doesn't address the issue that you could uh, be a racist or... A, but she tries to quell him and then even when they go... Even if it's not racist that that he's thinking... As a person who's different to all the other people, you just feel a bit out of place and questions that you're being asked are weird. But in this scenario, the questions you're being asked might seem to him like, oh, I've heard these kind of questions from white people before. Yeah. But they're even more weird when you realize what is happening. The questions are... Through the movie, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're the kind of questions a black person might go, oh, why why do white people always ask me this shit? Like, do I play sports? Or, you know, this stupid questions. But in this movie, these questions are actually very pointed 
towards what they want to know about this person. For a very specific reason. I, I like that. <laughs> I thought it was really clever, yeah. that. It was, it's like a clever... And as it, as it was unfolding, and, I, and as I kept seeing these people asking him questions that this didn't... There was this weekend thing happens where all these people turn up and they're all just... There's not many people of colour there. They're mostly white people. And... How many? We, there's one. <laughs> a person of colour. Two, right? No, the, one. That dude and him. Oh, yeah. But I'll count Chris. He's not the part hell. of this party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but these white people are being really weird. I, I wasn't 100% sure where this movie was going. I was thinking, is this movie literally going to be a load of racist white people? Like uh, Green Room, a movie we saw. Yeah. Just a bunch of, like, you know... Overtly, yeah. Overtly KKK people or something who were, who were masquerading as these, you know, middle-class people who are going to just do this horrible hate crime on this black person. Is it, is it literally like a movie... To get a black person in the compound and or like do in something the purge, horrible, where all of a sudden you show up in the front of a group of people and you're there to be yeah murdered horribly, yeah. And that's what I thought this movie was, which would be shocking but not clever. Like it would yeah. just be kind of. So I was thinking all that. I was thinking that along the way. Oh, this is like a thing. They're going, you know, it's not going to go well for the singular black guy here. All these horrible white people are going to do something. And then when it started to unfold, um, spoilers, you tell them what starts to unfold because it's pretty interesting. Which part? The hypnotizing part? Yeah, well, yeah, what what results? Why? Are they. Why is the Let's psychiatrist. Let's to the end. Why is the psychiatrist lady. It's not just unfolding them. We, do, we don't know till near the very end why they're So being why are these people at this. Why do they all come? Well, they're all there and. This young man, this is, we are going to serious spoiler territory here. As we've met the young couple, and she's all lovey-dovey, and I love you, and, you know, what is revealed is, I can explain it all with uh, what he finds in a little box. A series of photographs of this girl, his girlfriend. Who seems very with sweet. a whole bunch of different African-American men, and one African-American lady, who, one of the dudes and the lady, happen to be the hired help. Yeah. Who are acting like zombies. Or like Stepford Wives, like we said. Like, uh, yeah, like not themselves. So then you go, all right. Holy shit. The hypnotizing is real. Something weird shit's going down here. And I'm thinking, one of the things I thought was, well, she's been she's been groomed or hypnotized herself. And that's all hidden away. And she doesn't even know right. that she's done it. Uh, bigger, Which bigger spoiler. Uh, she does. No. Um, but the idea is... You want to give the big spoiler? Because it kind of explains the weird, like, in one of the scenes, he's walking around, and there's a lady, and her husband's in a wheelchair, and he's basically half dead. He's got oxygen on, and he's really old, and she comes up and rubs his arm, and like, oh, and then she says, is it really better with, you know, and she makes that to the girlfriend, who's white, and then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, we, and, like, that is a, <coughs> that is a question that we have heard before. Well, that's that's how it. they. Well, well that's how they look. They, they, we've been in a bar before, and somebody's actually said that as a laugh, like. And mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Peele said in an interview I just watched, right, that, that somebody has said that to him, like literally straight out to him, like, "Is it better having you know?" And it's like, what? Right, but what, what we find right out is the reason this lady's asking, yeah, because at some point down the road, and this is the biggest, we're revealing the whole of it. 
But what you're going to be happening to these African-American people is they get hypnotized in a way that takes their self away. They're still in there. But then there's a brain transplant that happens from the ailing white person, ailing rich white person, literally a brain transplant. Yep. So we kind of skip over that part. They don't really address it much. It's like one scene of like, oh, here's what transplant. we're doing. There's no explanation of how it works, why it works, nothing. It's just done. And then all of a sudden, you're you're the the old ailing white person, but you get a new body. And the reason is, basically, it's on trend or it's fashionable that being African American is now it. They're the stronger race. They're more fit. They That's it's more cool. Sports. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like the ultimate racism, yeah. But with a weird twist that we're saying we want to steal you, your whole body, because you're so much better than us. But it's fucked up. Yeah, that's why it's all fucked up. (laughs) And I do believe, like, the chrysalis of the whole idea of the thing is what when a black person is in a bunch of white people's presence, the questions that are asked of that person are ludicrous, like, sometimes. Like, white people just can't help themselves. They just ask stupid questions. I think that's a generalization, but some some people of different races can't help but focus on the race of a person who comes in who's different from everyone else. I think it's a generalization. And I said on the opposite side of that, I had an African... a Caribbean girlfriend when I was, like, 17. And we went to her parents to meet them. And everybody there was black, apart from me. And uh, not that this... Not that I was... You know, tormented in any way or anything, mm-hmm. but I was asked some weird questions. It was almost like a white person has never <laughs> been in this house before, and this is the one that they're going to quiz, like on everything, like about white culture. So, and you're you're talking about England. You're in yeah, England. Yeah. So I, 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 even that day when I was going home, I was like, that was really a bit odd. Like it seemed odd. I can't even imagine what a black person feels like when it's exactly being. the same. It is, but it's. More overt. But you can't the other escape way. it. Yeah, you, know, you can't escape it the other way, right? So, um, I love that. And idea. we're talking about these things. I've never had that experience, but we're talking about racial things as if we can grasp it. We we, we can't. I can't because I've never experienced it. But again, stereotyping and going from observations in life, movies like this, the interviews we've heard, it seems like a very like I can't imagine. I've never been like. I can't imagine it. I mean, they explain it in a, in a very good way. He The way he performs, he's a good actor because his reactions are more like, really? Yeah. like He just looks at the person like, I have to like, I can be pissed off, but I also have to just excuse you because I think you're a fucking idiot. Like, I don't get why you're... But this movie explains those questions in a weird way. For the reason is, if you're asking me how good I am at golf and do I know Tiger Woods, it's because you want my body because you were a professional golfer. And you want to be good at golf. And you want to be good at golf again. You want my young, black, African-American body so that you can use it to play golf with And the second... And then you're like, oh, that's why. And he asked him that question and Chris says, I played a round of golf once. I wasn't very good at it. And that was like... They lose disappointment almost yeah. immediately. Like, you know? <laughs> no, we're looking for our perfect specimen. And yeah. you're not it. Like... We'll have to find the golfing one. And it is it is a slave auction. It is. It's just in a different way. They're going to enslave was... you. And not just enslave you, but enslave you. Yeah. And be you. <laughs> I thought you know. it was a really, like, cool 
when it was unveiling, and I was like, wow, I didn't actually see that exactly coming. I thought this was just literally going to be a violence film. I thought it was going to turn out that old white people lynch a black man, and it's pretty violent. And <laughs> but we're putting a new modern twist on it. That's what I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and when it started going, uh, like, wacky, because it's actually fairly wacky what is going on, like, yeah. I mean, it's almost sci-fi. Yeah, we get to that part, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the hypnotism stuff, and seeing that happen, and dropping into the, what yep. is it called? <laughs> the sunken plate. The sunken plate, which is, you know, like, like he gets hypnotized, and then kind of falls beneath the world, looking up at the people. So all he can do is see the world through, like, a pa- TV screen. And you're paralyzed, and there's no, so you've got that stuff going on, which is kind of horror-ish, and then you've got the horror of... These people are about to take you into a room and cut your top of your head off and implant some stuff and you're going to not be you anymore. You're going to be uh, this other guy and he's going to be you. It's um, horror. There's a horror part. That is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, as it was unfolding, I was like, this is really a cool idea. It's it's a unique thing. I've never seen anything like this in particular. I thought, like I say, I just... As I was watching it, I was like, I don't think this is particularly clever. This is just going to be, like, some horrible thing. And, may, you know, it's going to be settled. At what point did you, did you, did the line, you cross the line and go, oh, that's not what I thought. Was it when the father started talking at the fireplace? Um, it was more when they started. And she was like, oh, sorry, babe, can't give you the keys. No, it was when they started, when they started doing the, uh, bingo thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of overtly there's a there's a scene in the outside all these people have gathered it like we said earlier it's a big auction <laughs> to, to be this guy if you want to be him and they they're doing You're buying the, him essentially yeah the guy who is the father of the daughter they're the wranglers she goes out and finds the black man or right. the black woman brings them in he's then the auctioneer sells the person to whomever he's also the neurosurgeon who does the brain transplant and so basically, he's making shitloads of money, but they also have a higher cause. Yeah. A higher purpose, like a religious fucking thing, which makes me want I was glad when he was strangling her, I was like, just fucking choke the life out of her. She deserves it. I think one of the creepiest parts was when our hero, Chris, wakes up. He's been hypnotized. He's in this room, this weird room, and there is a television that's hypnotizing him on and off. Like a, a recording of te- of something to keep him there, and before the surgery starts, get, uh, what did they say? Condition him. Yeah. And uh, there's an actual like propaganda film for these people. Yeah. Like uh, this surgery that procedure, it's like a little advertising thing for it that's playing. That's that's weird. Like it's really weird. Like it shows the people. And... You'll be serving a higher purpose. Yeah. So there's Da-da-da. that, which that reminded me of the invitation quite a bit. But know? when they say the order. Then you know there's a shitload of these people yeah. out there in the world. And so that's what reminded them. me of the invitation. Do you remember the yeah. the video that they showed them all? And they were all like, oh, oh. and then yep. it's a, <laughs> everybody wants to follow that. Um, so I just thought it was a really cool idea. It was like um, I didn't know where it was going really at all or where I thought it was going it didn't go. It had a bit of a sense of humor to it as well, even though it's kind of grim and gross. There was... 
you it know. doesn't shy away from having a few laughs. That's yeah, because sure. you know, Jordan, but a good balance. But it still tips toward the horror. Yeah. So it commits to being horror, suspenseful, you know, ugh, feeling tense movie, and then the comedy is drabbled in tiny bits. Yeah, only a bit, but yeah. enough to give you a couple of laughs. It's it's a pretty cool, and I thought the third act of the movie, which is the action part of the movie, the yeah. standard, almost standard horror part of the movie, was a really good payoff for what happened. I felt like, come on, come on, yeah. Yeah, yes. exactly. It you know? made you want, I cared yeah. that the bad people got punished and the good guy got away or the good guy triumphs. So it end. wasn't, you know, sometimes these kind of movies don't have a good payoff. Like, you're like, oh, this is a really cool idea, but yeah, it kind of fizzles out towards the end. No, this one didn't. I'll it tell actually- you what I dreaded. So we're, you know... I dreaded that in the end, you'd we would zoom in on a, a drone shot of another fancy mansion house with another auction going on, or a another young girl at a college campus. Yeah, which like, it could have easily flirting done. with an African American, yeah. or maybe they've chosen. Maybe it's twenty years down the road, and they've decided a Germans different race. Are the thing or something. Well, that's not a race, but I mean a different actual. You know. Something else was the next thing, and then you see some girl flirting. Or it could be 100 years down the road, because these people could, theoretically, keep transferring their brains into whoever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I, I didn't want that to be the end. No, it doesn't, need a, it doesn't need a sequel. It's a cool idea in itself. Well, not for a sequel. I just mean to keep you going, oh, well, it didn't matter what that guy went through. Fuck it. It's just going to keep going on. This Like Hostel, yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah. I don't... Um, yeah. So, uh... Yeah, it has a good, satisfying ending. It has a really good, like, development of the story in the middle. Like, it, you, you definitely like. What the hell? What is going on? It, oh, it doesn't seem that bad. Oh, it might be really bad. Oh, it's that. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Like, you go, <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't like, oh, come on. I wasn't, I wasn't at all. No, not it. like, um, oh, that's stupid. No, really? I liked it. Like, Somebody will. Somebody will think it's stupid. Yeah, no, but it, it just felt like a interesting take on things that you are not going to exactly I like it when I'm a bit surprised by something I was surprised by it definitely I like the surprise so moving on to the cast of Get Out uh, Daniel Kalua plays Chris Washington couldn't believe that it again that he's a British guy <laughs> British guys pretending to be American guys is a thing right now pretending and or they're acting you see acting. they're actors pretending yeah. is acting um, that's what I'm saying. Their whole job is to act. Like the guy last week from um, The Space Between Us. Also a British guy. Wouldn't have known. But yeah, this guy, Daniel Kaluuya. Are you he, comparing The Space Between Us to this movie? Yeah. <laughs> he um, is very... He's got good expression on his face, let me say. Like, the parts where he's hypnotized and he can't move, really. Yeah. And it's he's crying. tragic. Yeah, you can feel everything. Like, I when did. she's talking about his mother... And you can see he's he doesn't want to show the emotion, but then it's just coming. Or his reactions when people are asking the questions, and he just... He's like, he's every, like well, I've heard these questions before from these kind of people. I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised. he has to control his whole face, because <laughs> in that social situation, if you would look like, what the fuck is your problem? Then you would be... You're trying to impress the family yeah, and he the doesn't parents. Want to be, he's not an asshole kind of guy. He's no, like exactly. a nice guy. He's a really nice yeah. guy, so... To hold back all of the actual reactions, that that was really good. Yeah, so I I thought he was fantastic. He, I I don't know him. Um, it's the first time I've seen him in anything. But uh, yeah, he's really good. He um, not, you know, 
I'm glad that it wasn't somebody you knew, actually. I think that kind of made it more interesting. Alison Williams plays Rose Armitage. What did you think of Alison Williams? She was good. Particularly... She's, she's the girlfriend. Yeah. I think that... I kind of got the vibe of pretentious, upper-middle-class girl, which, if that was her intention, that's good. So she kind of annoyed me right off the bat. I didn't like her. And then... I But then like... when the thing switches around, and, and I was like, oh, she's actually really good at being both evil. Yeah, because... And then she got really weird. Because you good. buy the relationship between them both at the beginning. You can. There's all the subtle relationship cues that you see between them, like where she's like, "Oh, babe," and there's there's little things where you're like, "Oh, well, that's how she controls him." You don't know at that point. You just think they're a couple, right? <laughs> but what if you think back now, or you went back and watched it again, knowing she's controlling him, like she's uh, the. It's all a big law, isn't it? It's just this law well, to get love. into. Well, she thinks she loves him. I mean, she doesn't really love. I him. know, but he thinks that. Yeah, I'm saying it. Just the whole. It's very cold and calculated the whole thing we didn't say when they hit the thing at the beginning they hit the deer the police come and the police ask for the license or the id yeah. of the guy and she kind of gets off on the policeman saying he, he, he has, yeah she's assuming he's being racist, racist. Yeah. so she's like don't i don't you don't need to see his ID. And then he's like, he looks at her while they're driving away and says, that's really hot. Yeah. And she goes, nobody messes with my man. There's all that stuff where it felt like a real, like a, they were a new relationship together. The thing is, though, as you realize, she's not racist. She no. doesn't hate him for being African-American. She, in fact, she could very well enjoy him and like him and, you know, the whole thing. She said, you're my favorite one. Yeah, she's, I mean, she Did she say that, that to but, all of them, though? Right. Um... <laughs> That she's not, like, behind that facade being like, oh, my God, he's touching me. It's more like she's just luring in the prey and admires all these things about him. So it's the weird, delicate balance between her actually really enjoying him, but in the back of her mind, once you realize all she's thinking about is get him out to the yeah. house, get him out to the house. And then get go and get another one. Right. Yeah, done. exactly. Because <laughs> she's there's multiples. Um so yeah, she she was quite good. Um, I don't know who she is. I've not really seen her in anything, but she's in the HBO show Girls, which I haven't watched, so I, I'm not familiar with her. Catherine Keener plays Missy Armitage. We all know Catherine Keener. She's in a lot of things. Um, again, she was good and creepy. She was suitably as creepy. Yeah, she was. At first, I wasn't sure. They're all creepy, even when they're not being creepy, which is what's good. It's a weird family. You know what? I got the vibe of. The new Resident Evil game that I just played, Resident Evil 7, with that weird family. Oh, yeah. I got the oh, vibe of that. they got a big secret to hide. And I kept thinking, this would be really good. Um, it's, I know it's been done now as a film, but it actually would have been a really good idea for the story to one of the Resident Evil games, because it has all of it. Like It has like a really cool, interesting, intelligent story. But then again, it should be in a video game. I don't understand your what you're saying. This Resident Evil game that we just had, where yeah. the whole family have been infected and they were right. That's different, but yeah, uh, it wasn't quite. It wasn't that smart. This is like a smart version. If that, it, it, it's just more to it. Like, yeah. and, that, and that made me think. Video game stories are very super. They're just very basic. Like, there's never any like interesting. But that was good. That one was interesting, and so was Walking Dead. No, the Resident Evil game was. Oh, it was. It was. 
what was to it was not much. Like, there's a family who got infected by the T-virus and that was it. So you're wishing the video games are like this movie? I don't no, understand. No, I'm, I'm saying that this would be a great... I was thinking, why don't video games... Like, I just played Resident Evil. It was a cool game and everything, but then it, when it boils down to it, it's like a video game storyline. Why don't video games have a very interesting storyline like this? They never you're seen... saying zero video games have interesting stories. Oh. I've never seen one as quite at least smartly written... As something like this. But can you also say that about all the other movies that you enjoy? What, do they have good stories? That the ones that have had good stories would inspire you to hope that video games would also have good stories. I'm not sure how this relates to video games. But there's a, a game the I just played called family. Resident Evil 7 you said, with a, with a I family in it. And I realized quite that it was an interesting story, but it was very... I get it. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, wouldn't other good movies inspire you to think the same about video well, games? Well, this this is a lot like that game. It's this house. There's this person's got this power. This and person's doing that. There's this thing going on that doesn't. On the surface, it just looks like something else. Right. But this is smart, and that's not. It's just nothing really. This Functional. Is not, yeah. yeah. Um. So. Catherine Keener, yeah, she's the hypnotized. As soon as they laid that on you in the story, the hypnotizing mom, like, oh, she, she, that's her room. That's where she does the hypnotizing. I was like, oh, this is going to be lame, right? Immediately, I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be lame. Hypnotizing. It's going to be a hypnotizing movie. Like, it's a bit kind of a crappy idea, hypnotizing, I always think. I would like them to have given me more about the hypnotizing part. We we had no explanation. They've said we've developed the perfect way of getting this done. Yeah. You know, but we don't get any of that. It's just like she sits there for 30 and seconds. It, and yeah. it's, it's some, it's, so there's no, I would like an explanation for that. That was my only missing piece is that. And also my other missing piece, sorry, two missing pieces. Why then does any part of them have to be left conscious at all? Is it she just failed to figure that part out? Why do you have to leave any part of the person in there. That was a... I guess they said they have to leave one thing. They have to cut out the brain, right? So everything's been severed. But he said something about leaving some bits. Of no bit. Your, you're your um, bits of person, like strand of personality is still in there. Right, but why? You just can't. And w why I really liked that idea. Don't know why. But when you see the two house servants who it's been done to, there's very occasional moments where that tries to come out. Yeah. And you can see it for a split second, or, or the person but if you've who's perfected this, right? Then that it's part really should never perfected, come out. Yeah, it? exactly. That's what I'm yeah. So it's a bit of a uh, like a Doctor Frankenstein thing going on. So um, Bradley Whitford plays Dean Armitage, the husband. I really like this guy. I think he gets better as he gets older. And in this, he's really charismatic. Um, yet you, you keep thinking, is he like super racist? I kept thinking, like you know, when he's showing him around the house. And then you start to see the, the people who work for him are black. And then he yeah. says, I hate how this looks. And I'm like, that's the, the point where I was like, no, this is going to be super racist. Like, this is, they're racist, really hardcore racists. And soon it's going to, soon it's going to but unveil. But they're not. That's the thing. No, I know they're not. But I'm yeah. saying, I thought the film was going that way. So at that, when I kept, when he kept showing you stuff like that, I was like, okay, well, there's a moment soon where racism is big time happening. The, Cl the Ku Klux Klan turn up. In fact, when they said, we're having that thing this weekend. And she's like, oh, is it this weekend? Oh, yeah, they're all coming this weekend. I was like, oh, shit, they're all coming. This is it for the yeah. big thing. <laughs> the Klan meeting is this weekend. But um, Bradley Whitford, what did you think of him? I like him a lot. 
He's good. Yeah, he's good. He's he is creepy and a little bit full of himself, and I think that helps with this character. Yeah, like because real- he really sees himself as righteous. I'm very confident. Yep, exactly. Um, Caleb Landry Jones plays Jeremy Armitage. Now, if there was anything weak about the cast in this movie, it'd be this guy. I didn't like him at all. Like I, um, he's the brother. Oh yeah, he yeah. Was he was really just lame. a bit too weird. Like I mean, I understand a weird, and that's what brought me to the Resident Evil parallel because the brother in that, the younger, he's like a weirdo, like really weird. And this guy had that vibe. He's kind of moves weird, and he's just like he's on drugs or something. I didn't buy it. Is it because he's been raised understanding this process and he just fucked up because of it? I know, but they're different people. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't like it. It just seemed very showy acting, like, um, trying to be like, nobody else was like that. And he was kind of weird, right? I know it was supposed to intimidate the guy a bit because he, when he comes close to you and you never know if he's going to hit you or whatever, but I didn't like him. I don't know. I didn't know if it was the character or the actor, but. It just felt a bit... It was a bit much, even yeah. for the rest of this movie, yeah. Yeah, it felt a bit showy. Like, that's the thing that's supposed to scare you. Maybe he's really violent, and that's what's going to happen. Like, his brief is, this guy really gets off on this shit. Mm. And he's only, like, 22 years old or something, so his way of Trying to being, intimidate. Yeah, would the, be really dinner. weird. Uh, Stephen Root plays Jim Hudson. He's a bli- the blind fella, I'll call him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll know him uh, actually from Office Space, Milton. <laughs> um, again, suitably creepy. Yeah. Is and pivotal to the whole thing. You get a feeling he's going to be the wise sage who saves the day a little bit. Yeah. And then actually, not. at first, I was like, oh, maybe this guy is the guy who's going to uncover, uh, you know, our hero here is going to get some wisdom from this guy and figure out what's going on. But it's not really that. Oh, but, not in time anyway. <laughs> no. And then finally, Lif- Lifrel Howery plays Rod Williams. And now he's the friend of Chris Washington. And we all, we see him through, he's on the phone basically, phoning Chris every so often. And they don't use the premise here, the old horror movie premise of there's no reception at this place. No, that's they good. use the, pre- they use the different premise of his charges never his quite phone keeps charged. Getting, well, his phone keeps getting unplugged. Unplugged, yeah. Which I thought was, it's funny as well, because it's like, we all know, oh, there's no reception here. We always hear yeah. that in a horror movie. But that was a bit different, like, and I like that, just to try to be a bit different. But there had to be a reason he couldn't phone all the time. But well, when we do see phone calls between him and his friend, who happens to be a... TSA. Agent. Which is an airport security guy. So we see these conversations. Now, this guy's a stand-up comic, and it's quite clear he is? Yeah, but it's not too much. There's just a couple of moments, but he doesn't know the gravity of the situation. So being funny... He's just being his a friend. Point, exactly, is fine. It's The light comedy moments come from him, always. And they're quite funny. He's quite funny. It like, is. He's just a funny it, friend. It sometimes feels like, oh, but I, uh, <clears throat> I was just feeling really horrified. And now you're trying to make me laugh in a sort of extra goofy way. But you have to think of it from the character's point of view. He's not there. He's not in the middle of it, you know. And so. he's funny because because he, like he phones him up at one time and then he's like, you know, I'm at this, I'm at my girlfriend's parents. It's dead weird. Like I'm the only black person here. They're being a bit weird. And he's like, yeah, you I know told what? you not to go to that house. And he's <laughs> like, I told you what? It, what is it? He's like, well, there's like some old people and some all these old white folks. And he's like, it's sex. It's a sex ring. They're just going to take you as a, like a slave. And then he like- gives the Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> explanation. Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah there are that's the funny moments of the and because jordan peele is a comedian obviously he resonates to and he said didn't he that he feels like horror and comedy are a similar thing they uh you have to get the things just right otherwise it doesn't work so uh jordan peele directed is from the comedy duo key and peele who I, I i'm not a key and peele person i've never watched their things but they did appear in the first season of fargo as them you know as two uh, FBI agents. And they were really good. Like, I always thought, oh, these two guys are good. I didn't actually know who they were at the time. I just thought two actors who were in Fargo and they're cool. Like, and then later I'd seen comedy skits from them. But um, that was my first introduction to them. And uh, this is his first feature film. He has been in things. He's been in different movies. But um, pretty good for a first-time director. I I think think. so. I think it was well-made. Idea and the way it's made... And it, it obviously had probably a, a fairly low budget, but he did what he could, you know, it looked the part. It took yeah. his time to get to the the big ta-da, and then the big ta-da did go a bit fast, so the pacing on the tail end, it kind of jumped from slow gear to fast gear, which just a little more something. The horror movie part is <laughs> yeah. like 10 minutes, basically, yeah. of the whole movie. The part where it literally That's gets... the only complaint I'd have about that, the telling of the story. But, I mean, I liked it still. Yeah, I... I now, I like that, that he put, you know, the race element and stuff into the horror movie. And I think he did it with enough skill and uh, not to... You know, like I, I said this a lot, Spike Lee is a man who... I don't like his films because of his heavy-handed race card or whatever it is it doesn't even have to be race sometimes Spike Lee's on another thing and that's the thing he's talking about oh New York something's happening to New York or whatever it's tried, always racially motivated but he gets he, he it's I not mean, it's subtle. from his point of view it's not subtle it's just literally implanted in the film and you can see I'm when not it's saying using the race card is appropriate that seems a bit dismissive but okay that's what I said. It doesn't have to be the race. I said it like in Spike Lee. It's not always the race thing. It's uh, there was one where he was complaining about like immigrants. No, he was complaining about the city of New York actually being crushed by like capitalism and like that was a uh, which one was that? Twenty um, fifth hour. But he he intersperses it a bit too heavy handedly, and Jordan Peele didn't in this one. Because it's pivotal to the plot and everything. It's not just like a, a, a speech in the middle of the movie. So hopefully it keeps that balance. Because there is a balance there. Sometimes you can be like, oh, this movie's like got an agenda. Or this movie's actually being a piece of entertainment with a nice message to it. Not a nice message, but something you can talk about afterwards, like he said, you know. So hopefully it doesn't go the Spike Lee route and be a bit too political. Well, I don't know if that's fair, because I think that's... Because I hate the, that. I know, but they're not making movies just for you. So if your point of view as an artist, it, the way you express that is, writing it the way you do, Kevin Smith writes the way he does, other people write the way they do, about whatever, social... I mean, Steven Spielberg made Schindler's List. That's a hugely political thing. You don't have a problem with that, and it's like in your face how political a true story. What I'm saying is... Spike Lee. Not just a true story, but the way he told it is extremely dramatic and extremely pointed in the way that makes the evil and the good very clear. 
I'm, so I, I, it's just very specific to Spike Lee that I don't like. But why wouldn't I, you want a, people to be able to make the movie? He did a movie called Old Boy, which was like a remake of a Japanese movie. Uh, a Korean movie, sorry. And yet his version of it had a big diatribe in the middle of it about right, but politics. but that's just your thing, though. So an artist who makes movies should be able to do what they want. Right, I'm just saying my taste is not But that. you said this guy shouldn't do so, that. But no, should I don't do think so. Wants. I think this is a good balance between the two. And that's that not fair. I would stick to this kind of... So that it's only good for you. Not necessarily for the people who appreciate the heavy-handedness ones. Wait, I can't. I don't know many people who would appreciate a heavy. A lot of people movie. like Spike Lee, a lot. I'm just saying your sensibilities are different. But so to tell an, a filmmaker, all right, then don't I'll preface it with for my for my like how but I. But you still watch his movies, and then you can make a judgment afterwards whether you appreciate it or not. So he should do whatever he wants, and then you can decide after. All right, I will it. rephrase by saying I think he struck the balance just right of social commentary, and, you know popcorn movie it, it was just right for you yes for me it was rubbing together just right it wasn't heavy handed on either side it, it came across as an interesting horror movie also came across as wow that's some interesting racial it's just that your racial little tendrils aren't the same as someone else's so you don't want it slammed in your face because you don't experience that so much someone else who says I don't even have a voice in this world and that guy is putting it out there, hardcore, in your face. That's what I would like to say. That speaks for me. So right. I don't know if a balance so, is necessary. So necessary. these are just my uh, I opinions. understand. No, but... I'm just explaining to the listeners, because you're saying, I'm saying that my opinion is, I don't like Spike Lee's over, overtly political uh, speaking in his films. This film, it does have some of that, but it's... Enough, an undercurrent of uh, right, film, which I like. I well, like you would want like every that. movie to be so bland about it, though, right? No, it isn't bland at all. It's quite sensitively done. It's just. I think it depends on which side of that racial divide you are on. Yeah, I didn't feel. I didn't feel like it was um, only about that. Yeah, true. You know, it was about it, actually. I like to make a cool horror film, but. I also have these things in my mind that I would like to put in there, you know, where that this succeeded in that way. So extras on the Blu-ray, there are um, several. There is a, an alternate ending. What did you think of the alternate ending? Ugh. The ending of the movie is actually pretty perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the alternate ending is not <laughs> the opposite of what happened. I'm glad they chose the one they did. Yeah, there's um. Unveiling the horror of Get Out, it's a pretty standard featurette, but you do get to hear some of his, the reasoning behind, how he got to this idea. Um, and then there's a question and answer discussion, which is great because it's like five minutes long. It's not like a 50 minute, or 90 minute thing. Um, you just get to hear some of the main questions answered. I'm sure you could probably see the whole thing if you wanted to see, but that's on YouTube, the um, whole, you know, version of it. And there's a feature commentary, which I'm excited about, with Jordan Peele, because I will watch this again and listen to that, because I'm sure he's got a lot of interesting insight into this movie. Definitely. Um, so, in conclusion, get out. Okay, fine. You've told me this already. I'm getting out. <laughs> why, why is the title what it is? Tell him. Why? 
Because the director said, the director writer guy said, I get sick and tired of movies where you're sitting there yelling at the thing. You're saying, I, why is this guy not just getting out? And so in this movie, he wanted you to be saying, get out. And then the, yeah. the character responds by trying to get out. And, <laughs> it, and it was interesting. Uh, the other thing I also forgot to mention was that our hero in this, Chris, is a lot less dumb than regular horror characters. Absolutely. It's not like, uh, I said to you, Okay, at this point in proceedings, I actually said it to you. You need to leave, right? You leave this place because it's just a bit too weird. And as I said that, you he, he want to go and get yep. the keys and leave. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not as stupid as... Uh, he questions everything. He looks at people like, really? It's not like one of those people who's just... Doo, 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 yeah, he's not a puppet to the horror. Yeah, he's not a puppet to the horror, that's for sure. So, yeah, I did like that too. Um, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. I actually thought this was great. If you're into, like, horror films and you like something a little bit different, because it is a little bit different than your average thing, um, I think you might enjoy it. It's not a gruesome gore fest. It's not that type of movie. But it definitely is unnerving. And I said to you, the Stepford Wives is a perfect way of describing how it feels in the middle of people being controlled and weirdness. Definitely. don't really know what's happening here what yeah it has that feeling like a really like more of a thriller suspense kind of thing than a horror but then it actually goes down the horror route towards the end so uh yeah i recommend um and you recommend my recommendations are from no 30... do you recommend this movie oh yes wait you're you've sk- already given your recommendations you're skirting on. no i'm not <laughs> yeah. um so yeah both recommend it yeah, I mean, if you're a gore-fest horror person, you might be like, uh, where's the... I mean, it's not the remake of The Evil Dead. It's no. It's not a ton of blood. It's it's more or, of a... Or the actual Evil Dead. Yeah, or it's yeah. not it's not hostile, even though it kind of has vibes of that sometimes, where you're like, ooh, this is a weird organization trying to yep. do something weird. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting... St- I don't think I've experienced anything particularly like it. It's different. So I I, go. I always, you know, applaud something that tries to do something different. And it really does. And doesn't fail either. So next week's Blu-ray review is Collateral Beauty with Will Smith. We'll look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going with these two. I think they're perfect to recommend to you if you want to watch this movie. Number one is The Invitation, a movie we saw middle of last year. Another movie that has similarities to this movie, I thought, the way it was unfolding felt the same. Like the slow burn of like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh, and then it then it really happens. I felt they had the same kind of pace to them. Also, they both had a scene at the beginning of the movie where they hit something in the car. That's where that immediately I was like, ooh, the invitation. Cool movie, the invitation. Also has a really awesome ending where you're like <laughs> Oh! I mean, it's not great. But it's a bigger picture. That makes you go, ooh, yeah, dang. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one is Cabin in the Woods. And the reason I recommended that is Bradley Whitford is in it. And um, it's another movie that takes horror films. And yep. it's... That's a good one. It's not what you're thinking. It's something else. Like, it's it's cool. It's a cool idea with a... It can't... They're going to make a sequel to it, but don't... It's like a one-off to me. It's like they can't pull that kind of thing on you again. No, because you would like think you thwarted the big bad evil. Yeah. So uh, they're my, they're my cabin in the woods. The invitation. 
Mine are, going back 30 years, 1987, The Real Men, or Real Men, which I like because it's kind of goofy and silly. It's got John Ritter and Jim Belushi. Well, you just have to watch it. It's quite cute and very of its time, but uh, it's got a message. You know, it's a little pre, um, what's it called? Uh, James Cameron with the Save the Earth movie, the animated. Avu. Avatar. Yes. Yeah, it's a little pre that. Avu. Aliens <laughs> and resources and water and all that stuff, but it's it's cute. And the other one is that Star Trek Next Generation started. So, I mean, just watch Star Trek, period, basically. But Star that's Trek. when Star Trek Next Generation right. started. Wow. Right now I'm watching... Uh, Enterprise. Enterprise. And I just forget how much I enjoy this one. I just... I don't know why people didn't... Some people didn't like it. It lasted a few years, so... And Paramount showed the trailer this week for Discovery, the new Star Trek show. Which, what did you think that looked like? I don't know. We'll know well, I'm more Star Trek. Um, I don't need more Star Trek, so I'm not like you. I don't, like, crave more of what I already like, because I have literally years of watching entertainment at my disposal right now. I have every single Star Trek, including the animated series and the movies. I can watch them for many, 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 many months and years of my life. So more is not required. You could have not made the new Star Trek movies. I would have been fine. It has to be so captivating to me that as soon as I watch the first couple of episodes, I'm in. I've, I'm I'm on board, so to speak, with the crew and everything. I'm hoping they so go we'll um, more... You're not going to watch it. You're not a Star Trek man. I'd probably watch it to see what it's like, but what I'm saying is... Um, I Why? Hope, you haven't watched all the I would movies? hope they don't go the J.J. Abrams movies route with it and it'd just be like an action thing and be more... Star Trek's always action. No, Every episode. The TV shows have some really good like th- themes and thoughts to them. Always with action. Yes. Yeah, with a with yeah, but not primarily. They have like an interesting whereas those JJ Abrams movies, the all the ones we've seen so far, the not much substance. They're really like visuals. And that's what they're about. And yeah. just visuals and you you remember all these guys. How cool is this? They're back. Like I I'd rather have less of that and more. Well, these are all new characters except it's the Discover. It's a the, ship that... The mission before Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not of this ship. It's the ship Discovery. Yeah, I'm saying the people... It's a different the Discovery. One. Yeah. Um, the people who... Before Kirk. I mean, it, ten years before Kirk. That that always is a bit weird um, so, as well. Um, when, you, when we have something, like Star Wars... And then you have Rogue One that's like super up to date technologically. Yeah. And then you have to, <laughs> then you go to like Star Wars and it's like Not. back to the seventies <laughs> technology. You know, it's that's always a bit of a break in continuity when you're watching it all in a row or something. So um, yeah, there are recommendations, games and a scully stuff um, tonight. There's a show that was on in the nineties, <laughs> and it took a twenty-seven year break. <laughs> and now, only twenty-seven years. And now season three. I can't believe it's actually coming on television tonight. And that is Twin Peaks on Showtime. Um, original cast are back. It's a continuation of the Twin Peaks story. It's all directed by David Lynch this time, not just one or two episodes. The whole 18 hours is David Lynch. So you can expect some bananas stuff out of this show, I'm, I'm sure. 
because David Lynch is a crazy person <laughs> and Twin Peaks is a show for crazy people. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's like, whoa, Twin Peaks is back. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's got a huge following, Twin Peaks. So I'm assuming it's got a big audience already. Are you sure? Because they're all going to be your age or older. Yeah, these I, I actually see a lot of people of my age and older saying, holy shit, Twin Peaks is coming back. To, I've seen them on Facebook today. So there's definitely an audience built in for it. Why was it cancelled originally? It was uh, just... It just ran its course, I think. Well, it wasn't even going to have more, right? It, it was going to have more. It just wasn't going to... How, how it worked is season one was a big runaway success. And it's a weird show if you've never seen it. It's a murder mystery show, but it is also supernatural weird, yeah. and weird. And uh, David Lynch is the master of like uh, surrealistic stuff. Quirky. Where, where you might go... I don't even understand what happened in that scene, but the scene before it was just like a normal soap opera, and then the, then there was a weird scene in a, inside a wardrobe. Right. I don't get it. And you weren't supposed to 100% get it. That's the idea. It's just weird. You let it flow over you kind of thing. Now, that happened, very weirdly, on national normal TV in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, it was like nothing on TV. You were watching things like Dynasty and... Um, Knott's Landing. Those were the shows that were big. Yeah. And then Twin Peaks was like, people were like, wow, this is like those things, but weird. Like, and it got, it got a following like really quickly. And Twin Peaks was a big thing. Like the whole world was talking about who's the log lady and who killed Laura Palmer. It just, it was a big thing. Like, and then it finished and they said to David Lynch, that was a big hit for us. We'd like you to do another season. And what we want you to do is, uh, in the first episode, tell us who killed Laura Palmer. We need that, like, right. wrapping up. And we need you to, like, tell another story. And David Lynch was like, I'd love to make more. But my idea with Twin Peaks was, we'd never find out who kills Laura Palmer. It's a surreal thing. And that's not the question that you want answered. There's more things to it than that. And they were like, no, no, that doesn't fly on network TV. You need to round it off. That's how things happen. And then we move on to the next murder or whatever. David Lynch kind of went, at the time, I'll I'll do it. He wrapped it up in season one. But it was all a big F you to the to It was kind of that. He wrapped, he wrapped it up in episode one of season two. And what happened then, after that, is the rest of season two is almost unwatchable. It, is, it gets... It's bad. Like, the story goes nowhere... It's not like the first season at all. It's a shame. And I think it literally was David Lynch going, well, if you want that TV network, I'll give you that. And it won't be very interesting. Like, what you want is not very interesting. And then, like I said to you, a few years after that, he put out a movie called Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, which is actually the prequel to Twin Peaks and also the sequel at the same time. And the opening shot of that movie is David Lynch putting a hammer through a television that's on. Right. So it's quite clear that his whole working with a network TV was not fun. And Sounds like going to pan out now. Just oh, going to start over? Well, what's happened with him is, over all these years, and it's been many years, he even wrote Mulholland Drive and was Oscar-nominated and all that stuff happened. And he, what had happened is he's became kind of a recluse and he just paints. And he's a painter and he paints from home. 
And he's not been into doing any film projects at all. And then Showtime approached him and said, how about you do like an unfiltered version of Twin Peaks? You don't have to correspond to the networks. You do what you want. You can be as graphic as you want. You can do what you want. You're on Showtime. It's not the same thing. Yeah. And he said, immediately I became interested in Twin Peaks again and I'd not been interested in anything for about 10 years, anything to do with films. He, like he had an itch he never got to scratch. Right, so he wrote the whole thing with his friend and now he's directed the whole thing and it's back. And I think this will be what he always wanted Twin Peaks to be because now it's unshackled, like it's not... Well, you can't do that because you're on network TV. And if you go back and watch the original Twin Peaks, it's not a masterpiece or anything. It's just very specifically not like something you've seen. Kind of like this film, Get Out. It's like... Makes you want to watch more. Not this movie, but a show like that makes you go, what weird shit's yeah, going to happen next it's week. It's like, well, you know, like we're watching American Gods at the moment. Like every week, you're like, where is this going? And wow, I didn't expect that on TV. Or... This is really, like, visually interesting and weird, and it's not like something I'm I watch. I'm stimulated in a way I'm not used to being stimulated. Yeah, it's not like something you, you know, like I say, when you watch Knott's Landing back in the day, you pretty much know what you're going to get, right? It's a standard now, soap opera. We know what you're going to get when you watch most shows. Yeah. We watch most shows, right. and we still know. EastEnders, we know. And you could... It's going to be a little illegitimate. It's a soap opera for me. Yeah. It's going to be drama. There's Somebody's going to die. There's going to be... Um, Fights amongst people, illegitimate babies, who's the father, endlessly. Life stories. (laughs) Yeah. But then... With no weirdness. You could say, well, I kind of know what I'm going to get when I go into a David Lynch thing as well, because we've seen his films and we've seen his Twin Peaks. It's going to be weird. But that's the only thing you can kind of expect from David Lynch. You don't know exactly why or what or how weird it's going to be. It needs to be good. It can be weird, but can't be weird for the sake of it. Because I'll, I'll lose interest extremely quickly. That's not really how he is. What? He always got a... If you've watched... If, well, you've seen you've seen Mulholland Drive. Yep, it was um, weird for the sake of it. And it wasn't that good. I don't think it was weird for the sake of it. Come on. Watch it again. An Elephant Man. Um, Elephant Man is more of a linear story about a true story, but twisted around a bit. Head is definitely weird, but experimental. Um... He's made some interesting movies. He's a uh, like John Carpenter, uh, not John Carpenter, the guy who did Crash. Mm-hmm. Like that guy. He, um, I'm blanking on his name. Don't you, know. you know what I mean? Not Crash, not the Oscar-winning yeah, Crash. The sex one. The one about like getting off on car crashes and right. people breaking the legs and stuff. That director also has David Cronenberg has a. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. This is what I like to do, and I'll do it. And it might not be commercially anything, like, but I'll make these movies. Like, these are my thing. Like, it's not like I'm trying to be anything else. I'm just trying to be what I like. Like, I would like to watch this, so I'm going to make it. Right. And I know there'll be other people who might. I feel like those people are really bored with everything else. Yeah. Like, if they sit down to watch a Star Wars movie. Who knows what they think, but it's very straightforward. It's very linear. It's very good versus evil, da da da, soap opera ish almost. And it would be very boring because there's nothing twisty or turny or unexpected, right. you know? Because, like, when he made Twin Peaks for the original TV, it was like anti Dallas. Like, Dallas uh, is yeah. there, and then there's this thing here, which 
seems like a soap opera when you start to watch it, but it's not quite like that. It's really weird. Um, the other thing is when I was just thinking about David Lynch and how we haven't really seen him in the public eye and all that for a while, he actually did crop up in Louis when we watched Louis. He was True. like, was, yes, he was. <laughs> and we was like, is that David Lynch? That's weird. Because Louis's weird too. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah he was on Louis. Um, so yeah, that's Twin Peaks. That's tonight on Showtime. Um, I'm it's excited. almost like you just did a review of Twin Peaks. Without seeing it yet. Um, so they're actually going to release two episodes every Sunday night. So you can get 90, no, two hours worth of Twin Peaks every Sunday night until it's over. My other thing is I've been playing a new game this week. It's not new, but it's new to me because I've, I got it at the time it came out, but not played it yet. And it's Mass Effect Andromeda. And the reason I started playing it is they patched it. Uh, they issued the sixth patch for it. And now they say that all the issues that people were complaining about at the beginning, the story breaking and bad animation issues and all the things that were wrong are now actually finally patched. So it's perf- it's a perfect time to play it. I'd held off, which is weird, because it was sat on my hard drive and it's just sat on my desktop. And I kept thinking to myself, if it's so broken, which it is, everybody's saying, oh, well, you get to this quest and it doesn't continue properly and blah, blah, blah. I thought, if it's so bad, I should just wait till they fix it and then start to play it. And I'm glad I start to play it because it's really, really fun. And it's not, I've never seen the broken version of it, but the animation and everything is not bad anymore. It is up to power of any other game I've played. And it's actually really beautiful looking. It's um, the cool thing about Mass Effect, and that was the thing I immediately thought, is I'm the uh, the Pathfinder. She's called the she's the Pathfinder. And what happens is at the beginning of the game, I'm really very near the beginning, is your ship, which came from the other solar system, over many, I think it's five hundred years. You've all been in cryosleep, and you're, from the first game, they sent this off to try and, you know, colonize another solar system. And it's been going through the space for 500 years, and we've just now woke up in the Andromeda system. It's the new system, the system next to our system. And I'm the Pathfinder, and the Pathfinder is the person who is in charge of finding all the planets in the system and going to them and establishing contact with other races or other beings. And I've gone to the first system and found some creepy-looking space aliens, and I had the option to fire at them or to actually communicate with them. So I walked to them, up to them with my hands in the air. It's really cool, like, because it's like, who are these? What are they? Who are they? I walked up with my hands in the air. They immediately started firing at me. So... <clears throat> that turned into a fight um, immediately. Uh, maybe the next planet I go to won't be so bad, but this is the first planet. So it's really cool exploring, scanning things with your scanner. If you see a plant or a tree that looks weird, you can scan it and read all the information about it. You get points for scanning everything. That scanning thing, I love it in games. I just want to keep scanning everything. Oh, look, there's a thing I haven't scanned. Hoarder, digital yeah. hoarder. So that's uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I'll tell you more about it as I play it throughout, but uh, it seems good so far, and it seems like they did fix it. Uh, Svenguli, we're talking about next week's Svenguli, not this week's. I did watch this week's, you didn't. It did not. It was uh, another Godzilla film, and they kind of blend into each other. If you watched all of them in a row, I don't think you'd be able to differentiate after a while which one you're on. 
No. I mean, the earliest ones are black and white. That's what they like. This new one was like the last and one. And the reason I didn't watch is because my family had a memorial party for my father, who passed away just a few weeks ago, and uh, at a bar where he spent many, 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 many nights over the last several years. And those people, I think, because we didn't have a funeral or anything at his request, this was the thing, you know, to tell us stories and discuss, you know, all their experiences, and it was very nice. So that's why I wasn't watching Svengulu with you. So next week's Svengulu, which will be next weekend, and we'll talk about, it'll be on the it'll be on the sheet next weekend as well, is uh, Abbott and Costello meet Boris Karloff, which is an odd spin-off. Meet the killer, Boris Karloff. Right. Um, which is an odd pairing. Sounds weird. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know... Yeah, well, I can. I know what we can expect for that one too, Abbott and Costello. Again, they will get stuck in a door together <laughs> a few times. One will pinch the other one's ass. That's all, <laughs> that seems to be a thing. Um, and they will. Uh, one's the dumb one, and one's not the dumb one. And it's just that vaudeville. You're not a fan. No, not really. But then again, occasionally the scenario is interesting enough, like when they met Frankenstein. That I'm interested in the Frankenstein part. So, um, Sid Talk, what is for dinner and what is your advice? Tonight for dinner will be Subway. I'm going to be having a salad. Attempting to eat less carbohydrates. We'll see how that goes. I always get excited to do it. I'm feeling really blah now. And I think part of it's just the process we've been going through the last few weeks. Beginning sick. Not having got on the bikes yet. So I'm going to opt for a salad for tonight. We'll see, though. You know, I might, I might show up there and be like, fuck it, I'm going to say. You should be able to bike we'll this week, I think. I know, I'm really excited. At the end of the week. Like, super excited. And um, so that's why we're having a subway. I'm assuming uh, the trail that we bike on is not underwater. So. Shouldn't be anymore, no. And um, my advice is, I didn't make it up, but let it go. There are a lot of things that, but don't forget, Right. There's this fine line between getting hung up on a thing that someone has said or done, no matter how horrible it is. And I, I, I can't speak to super horrible things in life that people have done, so I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, like, I think I heard enough from particular family members through this whole process. People get hung up on stupid shit. And I'm going to say it definitively. It's not a matter of opinion. It's stupid shit. Someone said this, and now it's been 20 years, and I ain't speaking to him. You know, that kind of shit. Just let it go. You can remember that they said it. And if you have enough of a backbone, and you're a grown-up, you may actually be able to discuss it with the person and work through it. But just let it go. If it's a barrier between you and family or friends that shouldn't be there, just let it go. And see what happens. That's about that's about it. Again, I didn't make up that advice, huh? Elsa. Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, RSS feed, aschoolie.com. Click on the word podcast. And uh, you can listen to all the episodes, 200, uh, 200, 480 of them. You can also... Email me at ascully at ascully.com. Com, dot com. <laughs> don't email. That, that's, that's a whole different that's domain. A, that's a filthy site. Uh, and don't email Sid Talk. She don't want to know. No. Not this week. 
And finally, um, stay classy, Mr. Jordan Peele. Um, very good first movie. And um, be interesting to see. It, it sounded to me like he doesn't want to stick to one genre. Be interesting to see what other genres he can, you know, do some f- films in. Oh. And think for yourself. Or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>